and welcome to 15 Minutes of Game, an improvised podcast about improv because uh, the internet needed another one. I'm Matt. And I'm Ryan, and Matt and I were both performers and teachers with the CT Comedy Theater out of Hartford, Connecticut. And we're going to try and explain improv comedy concepts to you in 15 minutes or less. From the moment the podcast starts, which means the clock is already running. Because if we can't explain something in 15 minutes, we'll never be able to explain it at all. That's right. And the rules of our podcast are this. Matt and I both know the idea, the concept that we're going to cover on this episode, but we have not discussed it ahead of time. So there's a chance we'll confuse each other or even mess everything up entirely. Uh, So sit back and relax and enjoy the next 14 minutes and 10 seconds as we talk about the voice of reason or how to still have fun as the voice of reason. Yeah. Now, this is a bit of a callback during one of our previous episodes in season one, which episode was... Episode 10. Episode 10. That was back in like 2002. Yeah. Um, 63 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Becca Thompson asked about uh, how to be a effective voice of reason. I'm paraphrasing her question. And we thought that was a meaty enough, meaty enough topic to hit it with its own episode. Yeah. So this one's for you, Becca. Yeah. So... I think uh, a fair place to start with voice of reason is to like define it. Mm-hmm. Um, so what voice of reason to me means uh, like the person who is not the weird thing. So mm-hmm. the, the audience stand in basically um, the person who sort of like grounds everything that the actors are doing into reality is a is a general gist of a voice of reason yeah um another in addition to that i believe they also have a critical aspect in a scene of calling out the weird thing in a way that doesn't derail it or insult it so one of my favorite things is that's unusual yeah regard i'm sorry uh, in regard to the behavior that they're seeing on stage like oh that's unusual that your uh, driver's ed car is actually a functioning time machine because normally yeah. <laughs> it's just a Saturn. Um, that's what I took my driver's test in. <laughs> um, and it, it's just to like state, this is the weird thing, but you're not going to derail. You don't stop the scene. And I think that could be tricky. Yeah. Because um, it's very easy to draw too much attention to a weird thing and to like over explain it. Because um, you want the weird thing to have a justification but mm-hmm. it doesn't need to be like explained like a PhD thesis. Um, you want it to be like vague enough that it can also still be fun, the justification. So if you're the voice of reason and you go ahead and try and explain the thing, um, you can sort of like undercut the funness of the thing. You can undercut the funness of having Doc Brown be your driver's ed coach <laughs> marty yeah um yeah the, the voice of re- it's a weird one because it's so critical but it's also you can be a snarky voice of reason and that's no fun like you don't want to be like taking off your glasses and chewing on the the armor then like Meh, actually what should be happening you're not like yeah, correcting you're... the scene you're not slamming the brakes you're just framing it up yeah, and it's almost like <laughs> yeah being aloof um you're really actually feeding fuel to the unusual thing. Like 
hey, everyone, this is the fun thing. I'm going to signposting is another thing we spoke about previously. The voice of reason really has a lot of like navigating responsibilities in the scene. Yeah. Uh, calling um, it out for their scene partners as well as the audience. I love what you just said about. Um, I did too. Feeding. Did too. Yeah. You're a, you, we all know that you're a genius. Um, <laughs> we have the best Heinz on this podcast. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but. I love the specific thing about that you said about uh, fueling, feeding fuel onto the fire as the voice of reason, because that's the thing that I love doing the most when I'm the voice of reason. Um, if you can ground the scene and not be the wacky thing, but still give your scene partner the opportunity to be as weird and wacky as possible, or as they want to be, because mm-hmm. you don't need to be the most insane person ever to um to have a lot of fun in improv um but if you can like you know toss a softball so that they can knock that pitch out of the park it feels awesome yeah and you can go along for the ride too i think sometimes uh voice of reason you think you're going to be kind of your arms folded stick in the mud you should not be doing this or this is weird that doesn't mean you're not going to be involved in whatever action on stage is occurring that's really weird so Again, you could be the voice of reason. This brilliant scene of the driver's test in a functioning time machine. <laughs> you know, this again, instructor. I, uh, let's try it. I'll be the voice of reason, and you be my driver's instructor. Okay. Uh, so you'll be the weird thing. All right. Um, again, I'm gonna I'm gonna take this test, sir. But this is clearly a time machine. I mean, there's no speedometer. It's just a series of years and historical events. Just, just, uh, just don't hit 88 and uh, uh, keep going. Uh, we're in a school zone, so don't hit 88. I mean, I'm not going to hit 88. It's I can't. You'll you'll fail me. Yeah. Oh my god, we're rolling downhill. We're going downhill. I can't. The brakes. Yes. The well, car we, got hit by lightning. Brakes. We go back in time, so you can still justify your way to going back in time in that brilliant, brilliant scene. Mm-hmm. I would say not even mapped, but a direct ripoff. Of yes. Back to the future. Hundred <laughs> um, percent. Yeah, because sometimes you can see a scene go off the rails a little bit. Um, ooh, that's a Back to the Future 3 reference because it was a train. Train. Uh, you can see a scene going off the rails if the voice of reason is almost like correcting yeah. or just it, or so like viciously pointing out the weird thing that it's not fun. Yeah, because um, the last thing you, you want to do is like really just be like, here is the game that we're playing. Isn't this game that we're playing very funny and enjoyable? <laughs> Right. Um, so one of the things that I like to do when I'm the voice of reason to allow myself to have fun is I still play a character. I don't, I'm not like, I'm, I'm not me with my arms crossed standing there judging the scene from the inside. I try and play a character and I try and like give myself like, I might not, you know, be the weird thing, but I might mm-hmm. have a weird little character game that I play as well. You know, um, like, uh, if you're the voice of reason in the last, uh, in the, um, uh, back to the future, uh, student driver scene, maybe uh-huh. you have a, you're overly cautious about like checking your mirrors and I guess that's just <laughs> normal. <laughs> Yeah, but like taking the normal thing to the extreme. But we also have that weird thing of we're time traveling during this uh, driver's ed class. 
Yeah, and that's another good thing a voice of reason can do. It can still, it can lay out, hey, don't forget about the base reality. So <laughs> I think we all kind of chuckled at that. If you're traveling through time because there's a you know plutonium-based engine in your car, but you're still checking your mirrors, or maybe you get docked a point <laughs> for like rolling through a stop sign. <laughs> Meanwhile, you just ran over Napoleon. Like, like that's hilarious. And the voice of reason and then will continue to be like, I can't believe... Okay, this is either a driver's test or we're going through time. Like, you, you, we can't do both here. We are. Meaning, we are doing both. That's a big thing in improv. Like, okay, we're not doing this or don't do this. That is a green light to do it, what, the opposite of whatever that person said. Yeah. I don't think we should rob this bank. You're cocking those guns and you're putting pantyhose in your head and you're robbing that bank. <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent. If somebody is like, giving me the improvise and is like, we cannot do this. Improvise, improvise. I'm like, hell yeah, we're going to do it. Rob that bank. <laughs> Don't rob a bank in real life. Matt has very, very sexy um, improvise. Yeah. Is there anything else that you like to do when you're playing the voice of reason? Cause you, um, you play a really good voice of reason and will, I think sort of default to the voice of reason, whereas I sort of default to the wacky thing usually. <laughs> Maybe. Um, I like to kind of, well, thank you first. Um, so, uh, there's a lot of potential games going on in a scene and the voice mm-hmm. of reason can, in a sense, pick one. Um, yeah. So there, you know, like, so there's three weird things going on. If, you, you can walk on and you're in the scene and you can just state like, okay, well, this is really strange because, and that's a cue to your, your scene partners that this is the game we're playing. All these other ones are fine, but let's, let's lock in on this one. I like doing that typically through a walk on or through like a voiceover or a lay on mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. Um, in your opinion, uh, uh-huh. and we may different differ. Uh, can you be too ham handed in terms of like, do you literally say this is strange because when you're in a show? I have. Um, hmm. And I know that could be a little on the nose. Well, one, I teach the living hell out of that. So yeah. if you took a class with me, I begged, begged my students to say that. And it's just a good practice. <laughs> and I'm, I, I know I'm not answering your question, but I will. Mm-hmm. It's really good practice to get your brain to not skip that one very important phrase because of yeah. signposting and all the stuff we spoke about. So you'd never want to assume your scene partner's on the same page, even if you've been playing together for 60 years. It's always good to do those little check-ins. That totally. being said, if I'm in a pinch, I will say that's unusual because uh, there's a million other ways to say it. Mm-hmm. You can say like, oh, boy, I don't think this is a good idea or this is going to go horribly wrong or something like that. As long as you still do the thing, it's good. Um, I do too proud with Brian Quagan. He does it a lot. You, I've heard him say so many times in the scene, like, that's odd. What you're doing... <laughs> That's very odd. And he does it in such a funny way that no one notices, but that is the same thing as saying that's an unusual thing. But what do you think? Um, I, I try and avoid being quite that uh, mm-hmm. obvious. Um, I try and, I don't know, I, artful isn't the right word, um, but I try and like, when I'm the voice of reason, I ask a lot of questions. Uh, hmm. I think because I'm like, did you mean to say this? Uh, right. And like, hold on, what do you mean by, uh, what do you mean this is a functional time time machine? I'm, 
I'm 16. I've never driven before. And that'll like tell the, um, that'll tell Doc Brown to lean into <laughs> the time machine aspect of it. Right. Um, as opposed to being like, this is, I feel weird about driving a DeLorean on my, I've never driven a car that has doors that open sideways. Like, <laughs> yeah. And both work. Um, uh, what was I going to talk about? What about, okay, is there a risk if you have a scene and there's no voice of reason? Because sometimes, yeah. you know, people just all want to be goofy and silly and have some fun. Yeah, can, totally. One, uh, a two-part question. Can it be a successful mm-hmm. scene? And um, actually, just start with that. Yeah, it absolutely can be a successful scene. Um, you can have, like... Um, there are some really amazing scenes in the movie Dumb and Dumber that uh, has <laughs> no grounding whatsoever in with a voice of reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you do more than like a three minute scene without a voice of reason? I don't think so. Um, yeah, because once you're there, like you need somebody to tell the audience what is real, <laughs> like. Um, you can't have people like completely just going off the rails for 15 minutes without having them acknowledge what the real world would be like, or what, you know, some of the rules are for this world. Cause mm-hmm. if everything is superpowers and like you, everything is new, I guess without a voice of reason, I, I feel like it would be kind of like, do you know, Calvin ball? from Calvin and Hobbes. Sure. Yeah. Making up yeah. all the rules as you go. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that would be, that would be fun for a little while, but then you would need like an umpire or something to rein you back in and be like, well, you just said five minutes ago that the rule was this and this rule directly contradicts that rule. Um, and the voice of reason can kind of do that. So yes, you can have a successful scene um, without a voice of reason. But I don't know that you can have a successful show without having a voice of reason somewhere. What about you? Uh, yeah, I mean, it could be entertaining just because it's like fun and wild. There, there might be a case where this is a little nuanced, but like you can still have like four insane, crazy characters mm-hmm. in like a what's called like a world game, meaning the world is insane. Uh, so a, a soccer team where everybody's a dinosaur. So everyone is acting unusual, but the audience knows what a soccer game should look like. So you're letting the world and the kind of the base knowledge of an audience yeah. understand that soccer's probably not as fun, but like maybe like um, football where all the dinosaurs have tiny little hands. <laughs> like that could be fun. Uh, and again, you're relying on the fact that people have a basic understanding of football and a Tyrannosaurus Rex will not catch a ball. Yeah. Uh, 100%. Time. Oh. Whew, good. I was running out of ammo. <laughs> yes. Uh <laughs> I really, I do enjoy being a voice of reason. Uh, I, I think I play more in that style the more improv I do. Um, I do find that uh, on some of the teams that I'm on, like, I will often have people be like, you're being weird and you should do more of it. And I'm like, okay. Interesting. Yeah, I think I either do hard voice of reason or completely insane crazy. <laughs> Not a lot of nuance. Cool. That was fun. So, yeah, a little revisit to a question we had before. Yeah. Um, If you have, you, the audience, not you, Brian, have Uh specific things that you would like uh, to hear us talk about, let us know. Um, We're on Twitter at 
minutes underscore yeah, it's game. at minutes of game <laughs> and then uh, we have a facebook page and i'm i'm now posting those in the in the description cool, cool to cool. the uh, episode yeah you also just email me or matt <laughs> which you probably know us <laughs> yeah i mean we've had 52 views or listens of some of these hey episodes. it's we're getting noticed by the first week didn't we have like some of like the ukraine ask us to like advertise or something yes <laughs> and we have had people listen from Germany, which is cool. So if you're that person, congratulations. You're getting a shout Thank out you. right now. All right. <laughs> cool. But no, we got a few more coming up. So uh, yeah, listen to us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, blah, blah, blah. Uh, rate review if you could. All of them are everywhere, but this is super fun. And yeah, fire some ideas out there because we like material. Yeah. All right. Uh, until next time. Uh, see you later. Bye. Bye.